Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, worship team. What a glorious, what a glorious time of worship. Thank you, Kim. Thank you to our worship team. Wow. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's a beautiful Christmas Sunday, and it's a joy to greet each and every one of you this morning. Y'all look great. Y'all look wonderful. And uh, I know the joy of the Lord is in your heart this morning. But thank you. Thank you for joining us. I know we have some visitors here this morning, so I just want to say welcome, especially to you. Welcome. You know, this week has been a very busy week for us here at the Salvation Army Croc Center. It's been really a week of what I would say, a week of giving. You know, our community has been so generous to us by giving us so much. We have so many gifts and toys from our angel tree. Uh, so much money comes in through our red buckets and our kettles. And the community is just so generous. And we thank the community. And because of that, because we're blessed so much, we can bless others. And so really, I looked at this week as a week of giving. Uh, I know we, we provided meals for people this week. Uh, we provided, uh, we, we distributed and we delivered gifts to more than 400 seniors in their homes, in their places of residence. Uh, yesterday, we, we shared the joy of Christmas and, the, and Christmas gifts to more than 650 families that came to our place yesterday, and it was just a wonderful time. This past week, we also had what we called a joy of Christmas, where we had a special Christmas party and celebration uh, for from single parent families, and that was such a joy. That was such a joy, and we even had a homeless outreach this past week. So we just thank the Lord uh, that He's allowed us really to be a conduit. As we are blessed, we let His blessings flow through us, and we can bless the community and we can bless others. But those of you who participated in any of those activities this week, a heartfelt mahalo. Thank you so much, and uh, it's so good to know that we are, we are sharing the love and the spirit of Christmas and that we are fulfilling the mission of the Salvation Army, which is quite simple. The mission of the Salvation Army is that we are to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. And that was taking place all throughout this week. And so if you've been a part of that, I just want to say thank you and God bless you. And then I want to do one other plug on Christmas Eve, which is tomorrow, please join us if you're able to. We're going to have a wonderful Christmas Eve candlelight service right here at 6 o'clock in the evening. And I would uh, encourage you to come early because this place gets packed out and it's a wonderful sight to see all the places lit up with candles as we turn the lights off. But 6 o'clock tomorrow evening, our Christmas Eve candlelight service. Well, you know, I like to... Uh, I always like to hear the Christmas story, and it's very familiar. Well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, because you are a God who uh, just is such a wonderful God, and we can laugh, we can cry, we can have tears of joy and tears of happiness. And Lord, we just thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for this season that we can celebrate that wonderful birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you for that gift. And help us, Lord, not to ever take that gift for granted. Help us, Lord, to always appreciate it. And so, Lord, bless us this day as we look further into your word, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I know we have some visitors here. There may be some of you who have been uh, perhaps traveling, some of you from the mainland or perhaps from other parts of the world. But you're all on a journey. And this morning, 
we're going to take a journey, and we're going to journey to the birthplace of Jesus, Bethlehem. <laughs> Remember, the, we're going to Bethlehem. You know, last year, uh, Major Debbie and I had the wonderful privilege of traveling to the Holy Land. And in fact, our, our tour hosts actually are here this morning. Our divisional leaders, Majors Jeff and Eloisa Martin, they're up there. They were our, our tour guides and our tour leaders, and they were wonderful hosts. But we had a wonderful time in the Holy Land last year. And we, you, some of you may recall that we shared some, um, some photos and a little bit story about our travels. Well, today I just want to share a little bit about the fact that we actually went to Bethlehem. And that's what we're speaking about today. It's a real town in the city, uh, just a little bit south of Jerusalem. But we went there, and I just want to share a couple of photos to make sure that, uh, that you believe that we act- were actually there. All right? So the first photo is actually, this is a photo um, of the nativity, but this was on the wall that was painted on a wall in one of the churches in Bethlehem. And, uh, and, and of course, it's a, um, and let's, let's look at the next photo. This was really cool. This was actually inside a cave, a shepherd's cave, just outside the city or the small town of Bethlehem. And we were able to actually go in there. And the shepherds would go in there for shelter and for protection at night. And then the next photo is actually the church. See, Debbie was actually there. So I'm not making this up. The Church of the Holy Nativity. And it's a place, and this is sort of underground, a little grotto. And uh, they say this was the place... They say it's the place, the exact place that Jesus was born. Now, there's some, there's some question about that. Um, and when we were ever asked the tour guide, is this really the place? How do you know for sure? And of course, he would say, well, the fact remains, we may not know the exact place where Jesus was born, but we do know for a fact that Jesus was born and that he was born in Bethlehem. And the fact that we were in Bethlehem that was an amazing thing. And then, of course, let me just share a couple more photos. Well, this was some food. And, uh, you know, we love to eat, and they had great food. There's kind of like the Mediterranean diet. But every once in a while, we would miss a good old American food. And uh, we love fried chicken, but uh, there was no Jolly Bees, there was no uh, Popeyes, no KFC, but there was AFC. Where'd that go? Oh, it, went, it already went past. I have a fried chicken, of course. There were no Starbucks there, but there were Stars and Bucks Cafe. And those are real places. But we only found those in Bethlehem. But we had a great time there, and uh, I just wanted to talk about, a little bit about Bethlehem. And so as we look into the scriptures this morning, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, that wonderful chapter in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be reading Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And um, I'll be reading it, but I want you to, to participate in this. And we'll have the scriptures up on the big screen. And there'll be several times when I would want you to read. And it's when the angels are speaking, or when the shepherds are speaking. Because we're going to be looking a little bit more at the angels and shepherds this morning. So starting at verse 1, and I'll let you know when it's your time to read. All right? So here you go, verse 1, Luke chapter 2. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, the town of David, 
because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, and this is where you come in, so all of you are angels, okay? So here we go. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, here you go, verse 14, all of us together, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds, Send it to one another. Now you're shepherds, okay? So what did you say to each other? You said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. God bless the reading of his word this morning. As I said earlier, many people are traveling this Christmas, and this was no different than that very first Christmas. You see, Caesar Augustus had issued a decree, and so Joseph and Mary had to make their way to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's ancestral home. And so the question, the question that we're going to keep asking this morning, the question that we're going to ponder, the question we need to ask ourselves is, how far is it to Bethlehem? How far is it to Bethlehem? I want you to turn to your neighbor and ask him this question. How far is it to Bethlehem? Turn to your other neighbor and say, How far is it to Bethlehem? So this morning we make this journey to the manger in Bethlehem in the company of Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds, just as we read in Luke chapter 2. And as we do this, as we journey to Bethlehem, we'll discover that the journey has more to do with the meaning of Christmas and the motives of our hearts than with the actual miles to be traveled. And so the first people we want to look at on their journey to Bethlehem is, of course, Mary and Joseph. And we see that Joseph and Mary made the journey from home. How far is it to Bethlehem? How far was it to Bethlehem for this poor, unknown, obscure, peasant couple living in Nazareth. Now you can see on the map there, it's probably about 70 to 80 miles from Nazareth down to Jerusalem and down to Bethlehem. 
But you, we, we also know that Mary and Joseph, not just the physical miles, it probably took them about a week to travel that. Of course, Mary was pregnant as well. But we know that Mary and Joseph were also at the mercy of some very powerful forces, both political and economical. You see, the Jews were oppressed in their own country. They were oppressed by the Roman Empire. And so for Mary and Joseph, their circumstances, where they found themselves, why they had to even travel to Bethlehem, it was way beyond their control. It was not their choice. Their future was uncertain. They were just pawns in this great game of life. And the question we ask ourselves this morning is, do you ever feel like that sometimes? That your circumstances are beyond your control? That there's nothing you can do about the government shutdown? Or is there nothing that you can really do about global warming? Or maybe we can bring it home a little bit closer and make it a little bit more personal. But do you sometimes feel that your circumstances are out of control concerning your health? or perhaps concerning your relationships, or your finances, or the uncertainty of your future. You see, Joseph and Mary certainly found themselves in circumstances that were way beyond their control. But nevertheless, as we know and as we see the story unfold, that as they were humble and obedient to the Lord, they found themselves in the most perfect place, and that was in the center of the will of God. They found themselves in the palm of God's hands, that no matter what was going around them, in their circumstances, in their situation, which seemed totally out of their control, they were right where God wanted them to be, as they obeyed him, right in the center of his will. So we see Mary and Joseph made the journey from their home. Now let's look at the angels. The angels made the journey to Bethlehem from where? From heaven. They made their journey to Bethlehem from heaven. So how, how, how about this question? How far is it from heaven to the manger in Bethlehem? How far is it between time and eternity? And unfathomable an incalculable and inestimable distance. The angels traveled all the way from heaven to announce the birth of a child. And I don't know if any of you have experienced uh, the birth of a child. I know the mothers have here and some of the dads have. But it's a wonderful experience for the dads. Maybe not so much for the women. But you know that angels sing... Angels sang at the birth of Jesus, but angels sing at the birth of every child. There's a sense of wonder when a child is brought into this world, when they are given birth. It's so good to have our kids at home together. Micaiah came home from college, so there's Gabby and Micaiah, and I still remember the day they were born, both of them. There was a real sense of wonder as they came into this world. And as we know, there are no accidental children. You see, God has a plan and a purpose for each child that is born. So the question is, what is the worth of a child? Those of you who are parents or grandparents, 
What is the worth of a child? An unfathomable, incalculable, inestimable worth. Something that you can't even begin to measure. And there's a sense of wonder when a child is born. But the angels sing not only at the birth of every child, but they also sing at the rebirth of every sinner that repents and becomes a child of God. There's a sense of wonder at that moment, the wonder that, that God intervenes, that God loves me, even though I'm a sinner. The wonder that Jesus would, would, would come to this earth and, and die on a cross for my sin and save my soul. There's, there's always a sense of wonder when there's the rebirth, when a sinner becomes a saint. And then I also think, as we enter this earth, and as we even exit this earth, of a, when there's a passing of a saint, when someone enters heaven, and in the Salvation Army, refer, refer to it as being promoted to glory. When someone is promoted to glory, I believe the angels sing. I think of Eleanor. The angels are rejoicing. We miss her. We will miss her. But the angels are singing because she is in heaven and there's this sense of wonder that she is no longer, uh, no longer has to succumb to this broken and hurting world. She no longer has to deal with these broken, frail bodies that are ours, our earthly bodies, because we are given a new body and we are given an eternity full of love and peace and joy because we'll be living in the presence of God forever. And because of that, there's this sense of wonder. And in the busyness of this season, in the routine of life, I encourage you, don't ever lose that sense of wonder. The wonder of Christmas. The wonder of your relationship with God and what he has done and what he's continuing to do in your life. We sang that song, Joy to the World. And that last verse said, He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and what? And wonders of his love. And wonders of his love. And wonders and wonders and wonders of his love. Don't ever lose the sense of wonder about the miracle of Christmas. Some of you are old enough, you probably remember George Beverly Shea. He would sing with uh, Billy Graham, the Billy Graham Crusades. And he would often sing this song, and I think he also wrote this song. And the verse goes like this. It says, there's the wonder of sunset at evening, the wonder as sunrise I see, but the wonder of wonders that thrills my soul is the wonder that God loves me. And the chorus is, oh, the wonder of it all, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. Oh, the wonder of it all, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. So as we celebrate another Christmas, don't ever, don't ever lose that sense of wonder. 
So Mary and Joseph made the journey from home. The angels made the journey to Bethlehem from heaven. And now we look at the shepherds. The shepherds made the journey to Bethlehem from the hillside. From the hillside. They were already sort of in Bethlehem, just a little on the outskirts. And so they made this journey from the hillside. And it was really just a short journey, physically, geographically. It was just a few miles away. But really, it was a long, long journey. You see, at the time, the shepherds were the outcasts of society. They weren't considered to be religiously clean. Whenever they would testify in court, their testimony wasn't admissible. They were the social and economically outcasts of their day. And a shepherd wasn't something that anyone really wanted to aspire to become. You see, they were the lowest of the low in that society. But think about that. Perhaps there's someone here today who is feeling a little bit like an outcast. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've been laid off. Maybe you're feeling like you're not valued. Perhaps you just experienced a broken relationship and your self-worth has taken a beating. Or perhaps you're just aging and perhaps getting older and you're probably not feeling as adequate as you used to be in your younger years. It's interesting that God chose these lowly shepherds to be the very first to hear the good news about the birth of his son. And these very shepherds may have been the ones who supplied the lambs for the temple sacrifices that were performed for the forgiveness of sins of the people. So when the angels invite these shepherds to, to greet the Lamb of God, these shepherds go from a rejected outcast to rejoicing saints. It's amazing how the love of God spans the gulf of human division. It's a long journey from rejection to rejoicing. It's a long journey from the ritual of religion to the reality of true worship of God. And it's a long journey from being a sinner to becoming a saint. Yet it's the amazing love of God that makes it all possible. In an instant, if we allow him to intervene in our lives. And so this morning, if, if you're feeling like an outcast, if you're feeling like an outcast, that there is hope. You see, God cares especially for those who are broken and hurting for the lonely, for the disenfranchised, for the marginalized. No matter where you're coming from, no matter what your ethnic group is, no matter what your socioeconomic level is, no matter what your lifestyle is, God cares for you. And he loves you with an everlasting love. You see, it was a long way for the shepherds to come but it was God who provided the way, especially for them. And he provides the way especially for us. Well, that brings us to my final point this morning. We saw that Joseph and Mary made the journey from their home. The angels made the journey from heaven. The shepherds made the journey from the hillside. And now it comes back to us.
We must make the journey to Bethlehem from here, from right where we are. We, every one of us, we must make a personal journey. And so for us, how far is the manger, how far is it to the manger in Bethlehem? It's about 2,000 years and several thousand miles, but it's really not far from here. You see, by faith, like the shepherds, we can come to the manger and bow and worship and then go and share the good news. You know, the story of Christmas, we often tell the story of the innkeeper who really had a choice. When Mary and Joseph came knocking on the door, that innkeeper had a choice to say, sorry, there's no room. Or yes, you can come and stay in the barn or stay in the stable. And really, we must all play the part of the innkeeper. Because as we approach Bethlehem, Jesus Christ knocks on the door of our hearts. And what are we going to say? What will our response be? How far are we away from Bethlehem? Some of us may be very, very far. Some of us may be very close. But we all need to respond to that as the innkeeper did. One of my favorite Christmas carols is the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And the last verse The last verse says this, and I'm going to ask Matt to come out now in the worship team. It says, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Our sermon series is entitled Christmas Presence. The presence of God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. God with us. But he needs to live within us. He needs to dwell within us. And we need to invite him to come in to be a part of our lives. I'm going to ask Matt to play that Christmas carol, Silent Night. What are my favorite Christmas carols? And even as we do that, we're going to sing. If you need to pray, if you need to come to the place of prayer this morning, I would invite you to do that. We'll have people on either side of the auditorium. If you need prayer with them, if you need to talk to them, if you need some counseling, they're more than happy to do that. But as we consider this another Christmas, as we consider our own personal journey to Bethlehem, I would ask you to think about that and ask yourself, where am I? How close am I to Bethlehem? Have I opened my heart's door to him? Am I allowing him to live in my life and to become a part of my life on a regular daily basis? Is he abiding in me and dwelling in me? Am I abiding and dwelling in him? Maybe you fit in some of these categories that we talked about this morning. Mary and Joseph, circumstances, hardships, way beyond their control. Bethlehem brings hope. As we think of the angels, the wonder of the birth of Christ the wonder of the birth of a child. 
Have you lost that sense of wonder about being a Christian, about being a believer? Perhaps you've known the Lord for a long time, but you've lost that sense of wonder. Things have just become routine, kind of going through the motions. Don't lose that sense of wonder. And as we think of the shepherds on the hillside, perhaps you're at a point in your life where perhaps you feel like you're an outcast. Perhaps you're lonely. Perhaps you're not sure of the future. Bethlehem, Jesus Christ, brings hope in any situation. And so as we sing this beautiful Christmas carol, Silent Night, you allow God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to your heart, to minister to your soul, and extend your heart's door wide open and say, Jesus, there's room in my heart. There's room in my inn. There's room in my home. There's room in my life for you, and I want you to be a part of it. Do that as we sing the first verse, Silent Night. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can celebrate his birth. And Father, yet there's not a true celebration unless we've received that gift. Unless your own son, Jesus Christ, is living and, and ruling in our own life. And so, Heavenly Father, all the things that we would desire at this time of the year, the joy of the Lord, the peace that passes our understanding, the hope that is already, that's only found in you, and the, the love that all of us so desperately need and want and desire. Lord, that is all available for us because of your Son, Jesus Christ. So I pray, Father, that our hearts would be open, that as we make that journey to Bethlehem, we would see the amazing miracle that the angels announced, that it would be real and alive, that it would affect our daily life, no matter what it is, no matter how hard things may be or how challenging life may be, we know that in you, Lord, there is hope, there is a future. And Lord, we thank you for that. Comfort those, Lord, that are hurting today. Lord, give us a sense of peace and purpose in each of our lives. And Lord, because of that, we can rejoice. When the shepherds heard the good news from the angels, and when they went to see the Christ child in Bethlehem, it says that after that, they left, and they rejoiced, and they went and told everyone they saw about the good news of the birth of your son. So Father, I pray that we would do that, as we receive this news and receive the blessing, that we in turn would bless other people because of that. So Lord, thank you again. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We pray all of these things now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.